Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So long ago in the garden, God formed man from the dust of the earth. And within that man made from dirt, he placed the seed of faith. And God breathed into Adam, and he became a living being with a soul. God gave Adam every reason in the entire world to trust him daily. Each day Adam woke, easily breathing a new breath. He worked the land without sweat and blood, and the vegetation flourished and provided for him only good things. Every animal obeyed him, coming near to him to be named And when God saw that it was not good for Adam to be alone, God provided yet again. He caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he took from the side of Adam and made him a helpmate, whom Adam called woman, for she was taken from man. This love of God to provide Adam with one to share in the glory of all good things further encouraged Adam in his trust with God. For he faithfully taught her all the words that Christ had spoken. All things were good. And nothing gave Adam a reason to doubt the love of the Lord. But then one day, Satan took the form of a serpent, who was more crafty than all the other animals. He came into the garden to plant in Adam's heart the seed of doubt. And Adam allowed the serpent to speak, and did not subdue it, as God had commanded him, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. He allowed the devil, God's created and fallen angel, to subdue him, conquer him, and conquer his wife Eve. Now Eve was deceived, but Adam willingly submitted to Satan's tyranny without so much as a word, let alone a fight. And this fall into sin caused man to tremble and cower in the presence of the Almighty God. Adam ran and hid from the presence of God in the garden because he was sinful, and sin makes man fearful of God's wrath. It is no coincidence that this night in which we remember the crucifixion of Christ begins in the garden. Jesus is the new Adam. And he begins his journey to the cross in the garden of Gethsemane. He does not hide from the will of the Father as Adam did because Jesus knew no sin. Jesus sought to do the Father's will and to do his will alone. Jesus knows that though his death is coming, he will be glorified in the cross. Where Adam had bowed down to the will of Satan to rebel against God and and so forfeit his life and eternity. Jesus bows to do only the will of the Father, no matter the cost. 
The Holy Apostle St. Matthew records the prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prays, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Let no man confuse Jesus' severe agony in the Garden of Gethsemane as being the same as the fear of Adam in the Garden of Eden. It is not the same. Jesus, as fully man, feels the immense horror of death and the extreme difficulty of death. But unlike all others, he was made to die a death that was not his own, nor the result of his own sin. When Adam fell into sin, his death was his own. He was removed from the garden, no longer to taste of the tree of life, no longer to be in the place of peace. And it was at the front of the garden at its entrance that the Lord placed an angel with a flaming sword to guard it. And here in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, being one with the Father, having come to fulfill the whole law perfectly, prays that if it be possible, For the cup to pass. Because Jesus is the new Adam. He knew that he would be made to face the cruelty of temptation and death. And God sends an angel. Not to bar him from the garden for he would leave it of his own free will. But he sends an angel to minister to him. To encourage him. So the Lord. Our Lord. Remains faithful through the agony of death. Which had caused his sweat to turn to blood. As I said no one removed Jesus from the garden of Gethsemane. But willingly he went. You see, when Judas, his betrayer, came to hand him over to wicked men, Jesus did not wait for them to come to him, but he went out to meet the crowd, those who had come with clubs and swords. By this, he further shows that he was willing to lay down his life for his friends. By this he further shows his obedience and submission to the will of the Father, for the hour had finally come. Jesus did not run nor hide. He did not fear his betrayer, nor did he fear his death, which would soon follow. Now this crowd of men, they were there for Jesus. So that the, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, Jesus asked that the disciples be left alone. For it was to fulfill this scripture, of those whom you gave me I have lost not one. And also, when they strike the shepherd, the sheep will flee. It was in this moment that so much of scripture is fulfilled. For here we must come to know that there is salvation found in no other person than the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. As I spoke last night, 
to have saving faith is to believe on him whom God put forward as our Redeemer and Savior. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. So that all men might be saved, the blood of Christ had to be shed. The road to our redemption was one he would have to walk alone. For therefore, as one trespass led to the condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to the justification and life for all men. Jesus is the new Adam. Jesus is put on trial and found guilty because people had bore false witness against him. And in the end, the crowd is incited to murder an innocent man. Jesus is humiliated. He's mocked and abused. The clothes that hid his nakedness are stripped from his body. And no one, not one person, reaches out to clothe him. Instead, he is made to suffer public shame and humility in front of many. For now many Jews had read the inscription that hung above him, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. For the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. In open shame before the eyes of all the world, Jesus hung suspended between heaven and earth to bring atonement for the sin that divided us. God would not reach down to clothe him. Not as he had clothed Adam and Eve in the garden to cover their shame. For Jesus would suffer our shame to clothe us. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid or hide their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. Christ in his life never sought out pain or death. He sought to reverse it. He healed. He restored sight. Gave the lame to walk. He even raised the dead. He didn't seek out pain or death as if there was some innate glory in it because there really isn't. Death is abnormal to God's creation. But in order for creation to be restored to life, life incarnate, that is Jesus, the one who is the Lamb of God, holy and righteous, He had to be sacrificed for the sins of the world on the altar of the cross. And there is glory in the death of Christ because he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. From his death, many would be made righteous. And as Christ had said to his disciples, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. When the Son of Man and Son of God, Jesus Christ, dies on the cross, his death becomes the unifying object of our faith. Jesus, before, was handed over to sinful men. But on the cross, he is in the hands of the Father, and he must drink from the Father the cup of wrath. He prayed before he was handed over. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And so he cries out, When all had been accomplished, it is finished. And the Lord gave up his spirit. And he sleeps the sleep of death. Jesus is the grain of wheat which falls and dies and is buried in the earth. And it is by Jesus' wounds that we are healed. For in the sleep of death, a soldier comes forth with a spear and runs it into his side, piercing his flesh. And at once flowed from his holy side blood and water, the very sacraments of the church, without which there is, there, there is no communion with God and no life, which is true life. St. John writes in his epistle, Who is that that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. You and I need the water and the blood. For by these holy things God makes us his own. As Eve was formed from the side of Adam, so the church, you and I, are formed from the side of Christ, by the water and the blood. God makes us alive again. He puts in us new life. For we who were dead in our sins and trespasses come alive in Christ Jesus our Lord. Forgiveness Life and salvation, which he won on the cross, is delivered to us in baptism and the Lord's Supper. So at the center of our faith must then be Christ and him crucified for us. For he did what Adam could not do. He subdued the devil and crushed his head. And put all enemies under his feet in his death. Sin, death, and the power of the devil are defeated in Christ. As Jesus himself had spoken. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. It is the death of Christ which is so powerful. 
that it converts the hearts of both Jews and Gentiles. The Father glorifies the Son in His uh, his sacrificial death. And how is He glorified? How is Christ praised? It is the whole world who now must look on the one who is pierced for salvation. One of the thieves hanging next to Jesus repents of his sins and asks for mercy. And Christ grants it. The centurion at the feet of Jesus looks up and confesses, This man truly was the Son of God. And the Jews those who were secretly Jesus' disciples for fear of their own, namely Joseph of Arimathea, a high member of council, and Nicodemus, a Pharisee. They see to it that Jesus' body is honored and delivered into the earth. And there in the tomb, Christ is buried like a seed in the ground by both faithful men and faithful women honoring the one who is crucified for their sins. Unless the wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Christ had to die so that the church could be formed from his side. You, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have been formed from him by the water and by the blood. And if you have these things, you may always know that you abide in Christ and he abides in you. His suffering is now your suffering. His death is now your death. His life is your life. His righteousness is now your righteousness. And he clothes you with his holy garments. So that you who once feared God and hid from his presence are no longer filled with fear over the wrath of God, but peace through the one who has reconciled you to the Father. Because Jesus, our Messiah, has been sacrificed once for the sins of all the world. In Jesus' name, amen.